0: Heart Weaver, Season 1, Episode 5, The Jefferson Street Library. Hi, I'm Lauren C. Moy. I am the amateur Heart Weaver and the host of this podcast. Today's story is actually inspired by two very real people. If you want to know who they are, go check out the blog at www.heartweaverpodcast.com. But first, let's listen to the story, The Jefferson Street Library. The Jefferson Street Private Library felt like a second home to Irene, mainly because it also happened to be her grandparents' home, or at least it used to be. Her grandparents had recently moved into Irene's own home, but there wasn't space for three rooms full of books to move in with them. Irene's family would have to take out all of their own furniture and possibly the people too, just to fit her grandparents' book collection. No, the books had to stay. Her parents planned to sell them at an auction in a few weeks. Then they would sell the yellow house too. The weight of Irene's bike leaned heavy against her foot as she stared at her dear library. She had a different plan. She was going to buy every last book and the house too. Only she didn't have enough money. She needed other people to help too. Irene pulled her notebook and pen from the bike basket. She hopped off. The bike clanged against the ground as she marched her way to the closest home. Knock, knock, knock. She pasted a big smile on her face. After a long pause, the door opened. Irene launched into her memorized speech. Hi, I'm Irene Miller. My grandparents, a big smile spread across the woman's face. Suddenly Irene realized that this was no stranger. In fact, she had often chatted with this lady at her grandparents' home. She blushed. Oh, hi, Mrs. Amblehurst. Hello, Irene. Irene tried to stand tall and brave. I'm trying to collect money to save grandpa and grandma's library. Can you help? Oh dear. That's a lot of money you'll need. Irene nodded, but you don't have to give it to me today. She held up her notebook to show her pledge pages. There were columns for names, money promised to save the library, and even boring contact info like phone numbers and home addresses. I'll only take your money if I get enough pledge to save the library. Mrs. Amblehurst raised an eyebrow. You've put some thought into this, haven't you? You can put me down for $50 then. Oh yes, ma'am. Thank you. That will buy a lot of books from the auction. Irene quickly wrote down the information. The next home pledged $20 and the house after that another 50. Irene was off to a great start. Maybe she wouldn't have to go to every home in the neighborhood after all. The hard work started the moment Irene turned off the street. Nobody seemed to know her grandparents or about their library. She got used to people interrupting her speech with a surprise "A what? Where? So instead of her polite memorized speech, Irene found herself stammering that the library on Jefferson Street, it's just around the block, a yellow brick house. Some rude people closed the door without letting her explain about the special library. Still, she would rather adorn her face than the people who accused her of trying to steal money. Irene tried to explain my grandparents always collected books and loved lending them out. So they started a private library. Quite a few people didn't believe her and called her a thief. Irene's discouragement became strongest after having a conversation with a dog. At least, she thought she had a conversation with the dog. He barked so loudly and constantly that she knew he wasn't listening to her. Since he didn't seem willing to pledge his money to the cause or let her speak to the human of the house, Irene left without even explaining about the library. A tall and well-dressed woman answered the next door Irene knocked on. She listened quietly to the memorized speech. Hi, I'm Irene Miller. My grandparents lived at 303 Jefferson Street, where they also ran a private library. Unfortunately, their library is about to be sold. Can you help me save it? The woman clapped her hands together. How fascinating. One second, please. She fished her phone out of a bag near the door. She fiddled with it a moment. Then she smiled. Can you please spell your name for me? Irene did. And you said your grandparents filled every room of the house with books as their children left? What were their names? The woman kept asking questions. Why do you care so much about these books? Irene answered, because it's how I always spent time with them. I learned to read in their library. That would be special, the woman agreed. What do you wish all these other people you've talked to today could understand most about this library? Irene smiled widely. I wish they could understand that's the best place around. You can find something new to read and the people who go there are nice and always willing to chat about a book, even if they haven't read it. It's a home and a library. The woman smiled too. That's good. I like that. The phone disappeared back into her purse. Out came a wad of cash. You need to do something besides knock on doors. You need to reach people who have money, business owners, and who can't interrupt you. You, my dear, need to write letters. Irene's mouth dropped open. I can't take this right now. Sure you can. Just please be a dear and mail the first letter to me. Irene tilted her head to the side. What a weird request. But why argue with the person who had just handed over cash? Okay. She wrote down the lady's address and name. On her way home, she stopped at the post office for stamps and envelopes. All that evening, while her family watched TV, Irene wrote letters. She wrote about the history of the library and how people could help save it. Then she wrote it all again in a new letter. She kept writing until her hands were cramped. She took a small break the shower. Then she began to write again. She addressed the envelopes, the businesses, and she also sent a letter to her new friend too. For the next six days, Irene wrote letters in all her free time. She wrote until she was sick of writing and never wanted to mail a letter again. But she was determined to send out at least 200 letters before she stopped. The day after the last of the letters were in the mail, Irene's parents called out to her in their mad voice, Irene, you get in here now! Irene hurried to go see grandma sat at the table and her cheeks were blushed like she had been laughing. She stood up as Irene entered the room with the brief kiss on Irene's forehead. The woman left. Mom shoved a newspaper at Irene. There on the front page was the headline, brave girl seeks to save unusual library and home. Under this was a small picture of the woman who'd asked so many questions. Irene's heart drummed faster. This woman was the editor of the entire newspaper. And she had printed everything that they talked about, and even a copy of Irene's own letter. Well, Mom said, anything to say about this? Irene stammered. I I didn't know that she would write an article on it. I... I didn't even know that she worked for a newspaper. And have you been running around asking people for money? Dad asked. Yes, but I was taking pledges, not money. Irene ran to go fetch her notebook. Dad picked up his glasses from the table and quickly sifted through the pages. Irene explained. I thought if I got enough, it wouldn't matter about auctioning the books. Nobody loses if I didn't get the pledges. Dad rescanned the newspaper article now. You've been sending letters too? Yes, sir. How many? Irene winced. Two hundred. But I promise I didn't mean any harm. Dad stiffened. You sent two hundred envelopes from this house and we never noticed? I took it to the post office. It won't fit in the mailbox. Irene shrugged. Dad looked dazed and like he was struggling to think. Suddenly he laughed. You, you wrote 200 letters on your own. Can you still wiggle your fingers? Irene held up a hand to show that she could. She also wiggled in her seat. Dad shook his head. You've been working hard. He glanced at mom. She shrugged. Dad grinned. Okay, I guess you haven't really done anything wrong. I just wish you would have talked to us about it first. Joy bubbled up from Irene's tummy and propelled her out of the seat. She landed with her arms flung around daddy. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, all that was left to do was wait. Would Irene's letters be answered? Would she find enough money pledged to save the library? Irene's parents did end up selling the house and all the books in it, but they sold it to only one person. One of her letters, actually several of them, reached a wealthy businessman who was so amused by Irene's gumption that he bought everything just keep the jefferson street library open, and he promised irene a job there as soon as she was old enough to work the end hi this is lauren c moy again and i hope you enjoyed my story the jefferson street library now You might think that's kind of crazy what Irene did. Can somebody really write 200 letters? And can kids really make a difference? And the truth is, you guys can. You can do so much to help people. If you don't believe me, then ask your parents to take you to www.heartweaverpodcast.com and look at the episode guide that goes with this story because in it I'm going to share two people who really did amazing things and one of them was also a child. So again, thank you. If you like the podcast, tell your friends and I will see you guys next week. Bye.